0: More heat will continue to strengthen as we move it through Tuesday and Wednesday. By Thursday and Friday, mostly sunny, dry and hot each afternoon. More Scottish storms coming in tomorrow at the high temperatures of the upper 80s, mostly. Tomorrow night, 70s. Wednesday, 50-60% with the high of the upper 80s. It's a slight chance. Thursday and Friday, sunny, mostly dry and hot, 90.
1: Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow.
0: Ralph Sanji, WGSO.
2: beautiful tuesday afternoon gorgeous sunny day and it is time for the tom fitzmorris food show i'm marianne fitzmorris stewarding the ship forward and i would love to talk to you about food which is all tom has ever done for 33 years this uh version of the show is a little bit different it's um it's not quite so new orleans centered or dining centered it's more food centered and on that note, I will introduce someone that we're going to have at three o'clock today who is a, um, he's he's got a calling and his calling is to bring heirloom apples that have vanished from, well, practically existence back into use and hundreds of them. He's an heirloom apple Hunter. And uh, I'm just fascinated by this story. And he is in North Carolina. His name is Tom Brown. How basic is that? Basic as apple pie. Anyway, he is going to be talking to us at three o'clock about how he stumbled into this calling. Uh, It's a fascinating story. And if you are heading in that direction anytime soon, uh, I recommend that you check in with him because I think it would be Uh, Just really interesting about the way that, just like anything else, becomes extinct and how if it's on the verge of extinction, you can, with a lot of hard work, maybe bring it back. Really interesting stuff. Anyway, that's at three o'clock today. We'll be talking to Tom Brown about heirloom apples and his hard work to save them. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. We're talking food as we have done or Tom has done. Okay, here's my question for you today. Two words, explain Mandina's to me, please. We had lunch at Mandina's on the North Shore, but it is a faithful franchise of the original flagship also stewarded by someone who is passionate about the original and has been in the business for a long time. He was a franchisee of Zia many years ago when Zia started to franchise. He had one or two locations in New Mexico, but he's from here and moved back here and uh closed the zia locations and uh opened a mandina's over here on the north shore we don't travel far as i have mentioned a few times um i mean we do sometimes but just depends on the day just depends on how we start the day so um we didn't go across the lake today we stayed over here and we went to mandina's because um frankly, you know, I I have to cover the beat. And, uh, and so Mandinas seem like a good place to go. I am not a fan of Mandinas, as I have stated many times. I am more a fan of the Mandinas on the North Shore, because it looks nothing like the one on the South Shore. It has a completely different vibe. I'm not crazy about this one either. Um, it's, uh, it's, cavernous and really dark and tucked away in a strip mall in Mandeville and um and it, it's definitely not not my thing but um but we went and I have a full report on the lots of food that we ate and Don the gourmet neighbor is here to challenge me already thank you
3: Explain, Mandina's I, I need you to explain why you don't like it. Because the <laughs> well, one over here <laughs> is quintessential New Orleans. If exactly. You don't, it, don't claim to be from here at all.
2: Exactly. But, well, we, we're all born where we're born. So I, I have to right. claim it because I, I, landed, here. I right. landed here. I landed here. But I've made no bones about the fact that I am a Californian at heart. And I do not like dumpy places. And I do not, and this is just a personal taste. I mean, this is just a personal taste that I reserve the right to have. And, um, and that's all there is to it. I don't like uh, greasy, dumpy places of which i would certainly say mandina's qualifies i like i like certain new orleans places i think katie's two blocks away is a real favorite of mine it's and i, and I would
3: not call that a new orleans style restaurant at all you would that is okay a, that is a recreation of what you're ch- chastising
2: okay it is a well maybe it's a little uh, it's a it's a neighborhood restaurant with, mm-hmm. I would say, classier food, and mm-hmm. um, and and I like it. Uh, I don't sure, care I'm not, for I'm not doing, I'm not the bad, the I'm not greasy bad, diner food. You know. So what we had today was okay. I ordered on okay. your recommendation. I ordered the onion rings. Now again, this is where we part company. I am a thin <laughs> string smaller version, about the thickest kind of onion rings that I like are, say, blue crab, which are about half an inch thick. They're Mm -hmm. kind of medium. The big, Mm -hmm. gigantic inch onion rings, I'm not a fan of at all.
4: As those those
2: go, as those go, these were good. Mm -hmm. They were doubly, thickly battered. And and uh, very crispy. What? Right. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I said just not your not your preference. Not my thing. It's not, not my thing. Ring. That's right. It's not your thing. It's not my thing. But I did order them <laughs> because a good onion ring can be a good thing regardless of what your you know preference is, thick Style. or thin. And it was in fact a good onion ring. I have to. I can't take that away from it. A little too a little too double battered for my taste. I kind of mm-hmm. like the one batter thing. Um, yeah. I think if you have to crunch down too hard um, on something, it's maybe too crunchy. But, um, but that's just nitpicking. I mean, as a general rule, I would say right. that this was a good onion ring if you like the thick onion ring. So check there, I would good. say. Um, I got the, um, the artichoke string, not artichoke, it was um, crawfish spin dip with fried... Bowtie pasta. And to that, I will say thank you, Mandinas, because what arrived in front of me was a pile of uh, fried pasta that was so dark, meaning <laughs> change the oil, please, uh, that I wasn't even, even tempted. Over
3: here. I wasn't even that, tempted a... to eat it. Not even tempted. That's not on the, that's not on the menu here at all.
2: Okay, well, if, if something has spinach in yeah. it, spinach is a really good thing to eat. I'm right. not eating enough of it, so if it's got spinach right. in it, I'm going to order it. So we got that. We got the garlic bread, which um, I have to say... Did just bring it to you? I don't know. Maybe we got charged for it. Maybe we yeah. didn't. She said, do you want garlic bread? So yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
3: they just give it to you. They just yeah. give okay. it
2: to you. Okay. Mm. Okay, so, so it had that really greasy yellow look to it which screamed margarine so i yeah so (laughs) i asked i asked about it and i i wanted to know if they were doing margarine or butter but i already knew the answer and i was told Mm -hmm. that it was half and half So they do exactly half butter, exactly half margarine, and then they melt it, and that's where they put the, quote, spices in. I don't know what Ah. spices are there, but this was cranked up, jacked up garlic bread. It was really Mm -hmm. good. Really good. good. And if I could just get the margarine sludge out of my mind, I would have really, really pounded that. But you know what? Again, I was really happy that I could think of margarine, and I didn't eat but two slices of it, but it was really good. lot of garlic. Mm -hmm. lot of garlic. And and good. I mean, this is good garlic bread. You cannot deny Mm -hmm. it. Very good. Tom got the veal marsala, which was... Uh, highly praised by him. And after I took a bite of it, I understood why. Because Tom is elf and it was really, really sweet. <laughs> I don't know what made it sweet, but um, but he really thought that was great. So well, one bite of that better. was enough for me. And then I got the fried chicken, which is kind of their one of their things, isn't it? Please say yes. Okay, yeah, <laughs>
3: never, never had that before either. <laughs>
2: Because because I was going to go over to the lunch special today, which was beef stew over rice. And that's what I really wanted to get. And the last thing I needed was another fried thing in front of me. But I got the fried chicken because somewhere or another I had picked up on the idea that people really liked the fried chicken. I know a lot of people get it. I I
3: see a lot of platters of it going around.
2: Okay. So I did get the fried chicken, which was... Crispy. It was good fried chicken. It was. Uh, I could see why it's popular. I can see why it's mm-hmm. popular. And the red beans were, you know, basic straight ahead New Orleans red beans. Nothing to <clears throat> scream about and nothing to right. complain about. They were fine. Right. And Tom got a bread pudding, which had. Uh, it was bread pudding all mode and um i tasted it because i have to and i have to say i liked it i thought it was good it was very cinnamony it had a nice texture to it i thought it was good so that is my mandina report can i put you on hold and get yours ready to fire back at me okay we'll take a break
4: What?
3: you like most everything but go ahead
2: yeah so yeah 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 so we'll we'll come back we'll come back with don the yeah. gourmet neighbor okay. who is a huge mandina's fan he's not that huge but he's a mandina's fan to be sure and uh he's going to come back and talk about mandina's we'll be back
5: Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light-smoke pure pork sausage with notes of sage and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. The best meals always start with the best ingredients. If you're cooking seafood, the best ingredients are at Mandeville Seafood. All local fish, Louisiana shrimp, oysters, crab, crawfish, wild salmon, and Dungeness crabs. With a little notice, Mandeville Seafood can get anything in the seafood universe you may want to try. And it's crawfish season. Having a boil? Bring your ice chest to Mandeville Seafood celebrating 25 years i like a gershwin tune how about you
2: you like a gershwin tune don't you don
5: oh absolutely
3: yes, yes. absolutely
2: we can agree you on that
3: not, not to change the subject <laughs> but i have been to mandible seafood several times uh whenever we go to my uh, my, my mother-in-law's house in abita and I have to, uh-huh. that place is—it's everything he just said. It's an its an awesome, it's the bomb. It's awesome place. Yes, it's the bomb. You could—you could pretty much eat off the floors. Oh,
2: oh! Let me tell you what—you you are not like kidding it. about that. If you go to the back of that mm. place where you uh-huh. would normally see things you don't want to see, you can still eat
3: wow. off the floors. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, really I'm, I'm impressed when you when you walk into a seafood market and it doesn't smell like seafood, that's Oh it's, it's
2: it's it's unbelievable. That this is no. a first class operation <clears throat> with a capital F. Okay. Nice people so,
3: too. Very nice people.
2: And very nice. Oh, very nice. So, okay. So, so here, um, before here you go, nothing. you're not leaving yet, but when you go, I want you to introduce Don uncourt. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. So, Go ahead. We're getting very efficient on the food show. Go ahead. Don the Gourmet Neighbor so, on Mandina's, his favorite subject.
3: Well, one of. So, yes. restaurants, just like you said, are about experiences and how they make you feel. Yeah. Growing absolutely. up in these neighborhood restaurants, one of which was in Chalmette, Anthony's Pier, that we went to every day, five days a week for lunch. And oh, wow. Mandina's reminds me of that okay thank you for explaining
4: servers
3: yes and thank you for explaining it yeah they i'm not saying it's the highest gourmet food there is of course it's not but i feel nostalgic i can wax nostalgic when i'm thank
2: you so much because i've been trying to figure out your fascination with the place i've been really
3: that's it. Because look, you eat at the
2: finest places, you spend sure. a lot of money at really gourmet places, and I'm thinking, what sure. in the Sam Hill does he see in Mantinas? And,
3: and that's what it is. It, okay, it brings me back it. to my childhood. Yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. it just makes me feel warm and cozy. I love the way they know everyone. I love the way it's the same families who have been eating there for generation after generation. Uh, you know, okay. I, I just really, really like And I love the way it looks. I think it's okay. precious. Now,
2: if you took off your rose-colored glasses, <clears throat> I guarantee that your opinion oh, sure. would be a lot different. I'm not but, saying your nostalgia, because right. I say about just about everything, when you peel off all the layers,
3: you're a six-year-old mm-hmm. kid.
2: And that's, that's right. how you feel no, I, about I everything. And, uh,
3: okay? but I, But I do think the food is good. I don't think... I'm not a fan of their. Um, oh help me! The trout manière at all? I, I mean, it, it looks like a ladle of white of brown gravy is poured on top of three cans okay. of sliced. Uh, it's just too much. I'm glad I didn't get it. Phew. Okay. No, no, no. It, it's it's too much. That can be too much. You have to stick to the basic things. I can tell you that they make a great meatball. A really, really I'm sure good they meatball.
2: do. But I only had so much stomach space. I was already sure, grossed sure. out at the fried stuff in front of me to begin with. So yeah, you yeah. know, uh, if you like that kind of thing, if you like the fried stuff, I'm sure you would really get it. You're right. I did like most of what I had. Mm-hmm. I just didn't yeah, want to eat yeah. all that fried stuff. You know. And but, I, I, but the I do truth is, like...
3: go ahead. I okay, was. I'm not a fan of the one on the North Shore for the exact reason that you said. It is like well, the
2: food was not bad. There's you, nothing wrong. You, no, with No, no, but the way it looks, I
3: don't
2: like. Oh, well, you Maybe know it what? Just, I don't Again, know. this this has a long history. We have a long history with it too. It used yeah. to be something when the kids were little. I don't remember what it is. <clears throat> it's a very weird space. I've always thought it was a weird it, space. It was really dark. Um and so I, it, it, this is this is a vibeless conversation. Although vibe plays heavily into my experience, but this Oops. was here about the food, and I just wanted because I've been to the other one. And the food kind of really is the same because he's very yes. he's very meticulous about that, and so um, so I think that it was a pretty fair representation. I'm just saying that uh, I don't like if if you I think you and I could agree on this if we wanted oh, yeah. to go have the same kind of New Orleans food for much more money. We would have a much better version of that food along with a better vibe at Galatoires, for example. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So that's all I'm saying. I didn't have, what's the name of that place? I didn't have something pure to go to. Heck, we didn't go out at all. We had Vienna sausages at home. So I don't have any sweet nostalgic experiences to compare it to. What?
3: I said we had, my father and mother had a business right down the block from it. And when we were there in the Mm -hmm. summers, that's where we go every day for lunch because we were there Mm -hmm. at the office with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we sort of grew up with all the servers. And eventually that was my first job. I was 13 years old. I was a bus boy there and it was just, it was an experience and it's gone now. It's totally gone. Katrina building. So then
2: you have to, you have to go to Mandana's. It's a cause to revisit these good memories.
3: And you know, you know what's very good there, and I'm not a fan of it on a on a normal basis. Their calamari is exceptional, and I'm not a fan. Okay. And we had a friend okay. that was there one night. Oh, you've got to get the calamari; it's great. And it really was. It was really, it was really very good.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh-huh. So there you well, go. Well,
2: I think it's I think it's a fine version of New Orleans food if you want to go yes. and eat, you know. Three courses of fried stuff, I think, knock yourself out. Well, but, but, but I think, how, think that but you think don't how, really have to.
3: How few of those places still exist. And I mean, Agreed. I uses, which, I, Agreed. which I hope remains. Uh, Frankie and Johnny's yeah. is sort of like that, except yes. th- that, you know, um, it's dirty. I'm sorry.
2: Well, if you're talking about vibe. Okay, go ahead.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really so. But the food's good. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, there are very okay. few places in this city where you can go sit down and get boiled seafood. Frankie and Johnny's is one of those, and it's very good. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. their boiled, their boiled crawfish, excellent. So I yeah. just want to. I'm see not these saying
2: places places anything about the culture eat. of it, as my mom used to like to right. say. I'm not saying anything about the culture, but it's not, it's not my preferred
3: culture. That's all. I got you. I got you. I just you know? I just don't want it to wind up in a Benny Grunch song. That's all I'm saying. It, oh, I, no look. One. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think there's so little chance of that because there are a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, a lot of people who would never let that happen because they do dig the culture.
3: Yeah, you know? I'm telling they you. definitely the, the, last, the last time we went was on Memorial Day, and I expected mm-hmm. to walk in and it was one o'clock. I walked into an hour wait. To an hour wait.
2: Yeah. So don't worry it about it. it. It's not oh, going to end up in a Betty Grunge song, don't you worry about okay. it.
3: Okay. Well, I hope not. I, it's I hope like not.
2: it's like. What was I saying? That. Um, oh, I know. I had to field a call yesterday about um, something that was said on the show, and and I'm just thinking, you know, I it's not like it's not like this is going to damage the success of fill in the blank it's not it's like to each his own everybody is chomping at the bit to go any place right now that's so right that's it's right. a free-for-all out there everybody go a have a good time um and, I, and you know, i'm
3: going to reserve what so we've said it before too we do need to cut these places some slack right now too you know what you yes. what you see today is definitely not what you would have seen a year and a half ago. And I mean th- these people Even are, at know,
2: Mandinas? Even at Mandinas?
3: No, no, everything there's rocking and rolling because it's the same stuff. Basically been there forever. <laughs> but Yeah. You know, yeah. a lot of these other places are kind of holding things together with glue and, you know, bubble gum. Oh, for sure. Trying to keep things rolling. For so, sure. I just find sure. myself not complaining. I find myself just, you know, letting oh, it go. Oh, baloney. Even though I do rant.
2: <laughs> Speaking of Even which, though I rant, you know Please we don't. I don't want to give.
3: I don't. Wait, what? What? Please forward me any hate mail that you receive about me. I love that.
2: <laughs> you know, when I did a political show, I used to get bags of it. I really did. I used oh, to get nice. bags of it with some I, really hilarious stuff. Some guy wrote me and I said, "I, I, <clears> let's <throat> see, I signed my name with an X because I'm a stupid union worker." <laughs> Oh, nice. (laughs) I have to say, I have to say that kind of stuff is pretty funny. All right, so now, uh, you are going to, I'm going to let you introduce your own rant, okay? I don't even know what the rant is today. I don't either. I I like to keep. Okay. No, no, no. Well, I I, I don't. Okay. Um, It's only, it's only 27 after. I don't want to give your rant short shrift. So um, do you want to, do you want to uh, hold on at, through the news and then we'll, we'll start you off? Yeah, you can that, start yeah. the second half hour off with
3: yeah. that? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll start okay. it off and yeah, that's fine. All right,
2: I'll do, I'll do a little okay. promo of Don and <clears throat> of my guest at 3 o'clock. Uh, totally different things just to show you the variety available here on the Tom Fitzmaurice Food Show. So we have, so the, after the bottom of the hour news, we have Don uncorked, where...
3: So that means you, the guest must be nice. You said okay, the opposite Okay, so what
2: him. I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> the guest is going to be great. This, the guest is real. I'm excited about this guy. All right, okay. so well, I'll just go ahead and sort of set it up like I would. So Don, and Don's going to be here now to refute my assessment. So Don is pontificating, <laughs> as he does like to do. Don is going to pontificate about something. Uh, what is, what is he going to pontificate about, Tony?
4: Ooh. What
2: is, okay, so it's not marked, okay. So we we'll just have Tony, to wait okay. in anticipation of what Don is going to rant about today. It's Don's pet peeve, it's Ooh. called Don Uncorked. And if you can imagine, this. this is how I usually set it up. I say that Don is sitting down, in his silk <clears throat> robe, with his what are those little uh, ascot? Is that the thing you wrap around your neck? What is that thing?
3: Yes, yes. Do you have asked. one
2: of those, Don?
3: <laughs> Do you yeah, have one?
2: Couple <laughs> 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 okay, sitting in a plush chair, with his bottle of champagne. And he is pontificating about something else that annoys him about dining out, Don's pet peeve, but we call it Don Uncorked. And he will be back to introduce himself, Don Uncorked, after the bottom of the hour news right now from the Louisiana Radio Network.
4: Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Brooke Thorrington. A bill to allow social media users in the state to sue platforms like Twitter and Facebook if they are blocked for political or religious speech is dead in this legislative session after the proposal failed to receive a hearing in the House. Republican Monroe Senator Jay Morris is disappointed and believes social media has too much power.
6: The fact that oftentimes one side of the story is let out but the other side is censored or deleted entirely is problematic for the nation in my view.
4: A bill that would have banned drivers from handling their cell phones while behind the wheel failed by one vote in the Senate. The House-approved measure needed 20 votes to pass in the upper chamber, but it received 19. Franklin Senator Brett Elaine sees this as government interfering with a person's life.
0: Have you ever heard the, the term nanny state? No, yes, I've heard that term. Do
7: you think that applies here?
4: Bowbridge Representative Mike Huval has been trying to get this legislation passed for years. The session ends on Thursday. LRN.
1: It's the first day of the first grade, and she found a new best friend. It's a laid-back Sunday
4: afternoon, you wish never end.
1: The homemade
4: taste of bluebell And good friends gathered round.
5: The good old days are being made right now Our Cookie Two-Step ice cream is a creamy vanilla ice cream With hints of brown sugar, chunks of chocolate cream-filled cookies And tasty chocolate chip cookie dough pieces Cookie Two-Step has everybody's taste buds two-stepping And one and two.
2: the good old days are being
5: made right now.
1: The good old days are being made
5: right now. Look for Bluebell Ice Cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today.
8: Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes, and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel, being home to Papa Stoppa in the 1950s, being a music station, talking biz radio to speak easy New Orleans style, you, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City.
5: I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island too
2: yes indeed thank you tom boy oh boy i uh i have to go out and get another uh, gallon of ice cream i i am so susceptible to advertising i think that is the most wonderful commercial those bluebell commercials i just find myself going oh thinking of myself in a hammock the good old days Do you ever think that when you listen to it it's sweet Don, is Don still it makes with me us? Think of being,
3: it makes me think of being at Mandina's. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's
2: the same. Well, there you go. Everybody's new, good new old new days, new days are different. different. That's right.
3: That's, that's it. Right. That's it. Everybody's
2: so, different. Okay.
3: All right. So this segment of Don Uncorked, which I really do not remember which one it is, so I'll be uh-huh. equally as surprised. Uh, uh-huh. For those of you, for those of the audience who do you know me, they know that I am very opinionated. Uh, at the age of three, I had an opinion for just, uh, just about anything you could ask me, and it's continued on through my life. And no matter how much I enjoy restaurants, there are some things that drive me crazy. And this <laughs> is sure to be one of them. Yes, it is. Don Uncorked. What did you?
2: Brought to you by the Plant Gallery. Before you go, Don, uh, let me ask you about all the pots that you love at the Plant Gallery, because that's what we are talking about on the wraparound spot.
3: The Plant Gallery probably has the the most pots you'll ever find in one location. Everything from ceramic to painted pots to concrete to uh, terracotta, just gorgeous. I wished, when I didn't live in a condo, we had a bunch of them. But now that we live in a condo, we don't. But really some beautiful things over there in Airline Highway.
2: Okay, I'm going to have to go over there because I need pots. I need gigantic pots for trees oh. that are growing oh, in God. sad little regular pots. As a matter of fact, oh. they're bursting out so much that the pots are cracking, so I need to go get them.
4: Oh. All right, that's Don Uncourt.
2: Thank you. Wait, what? Are you, are you leaving? That's are the place, you... the Yes. All right. Thank you, Don. Always a pleasure. Let's go to Don Uncourt.
3: Table hogs. Table hogs drive me crazy. So this just happened to us over Memorial Day. We went into a local restaurant. It is extremely crowded. We had a 45 minute wait, right? So let's grab a drink. Now we're watching people sit at basically empty tables. Their food has been boxed. It's been put in bags. They've paid their bill. And they're just sitting there, hogging the table. It is so rude. You see that the restaurant is packed. Common courtesy would suggest, after you've sat for 30 minutes after paying your bill, it's time to leave. Contrary to my dear departed friend Ruth Bertel, a table is not a piece of real estate that you own. Not only is it detrimental to the server, it's detrimental to the restaurant that desperately needs our help right now. So if you're finished eating, please don't sit for 30 minutes and hog the table. Let the restaurant flip that table, let the server get another tip, and you go find somewhere else to sit around. Don't be a table hog. It drives me crazy.
2: Now I know you don't want to drive Don crazy, but you drive everybody else crazy too if you do that. I totally agree with that. Uh, it is it is the height of of self absorbed obliviousness. So uh, true, 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 Don. If I if I was in your house, sitting in my own plush chair receiving some of your champagne, I would toast to that with you. That is Don Uncorked brought to you by The Plant Gallery. The Plant Gallery is where you will find absolutely all of those items that you need to make your garden perfect this summer as you start your sprucing up for the summer. The Plant Gallery is located at 9401 Airline Highway, right there in metairie at the parish line and if you want to ask them what they have you should just go see it really but if you want to ask them if they have something you're looking for you can call them 488-8887 that's the plant gallery i gotta go over there and look at those pots myself all right 5569696 is the number if you want to commiserate with don on his pet peeve about plant i mean not plant hogs but table hogs Uh, We will take that call. If you would like to continue to explain what is so wonderful about Mandina's, because I need an explanation of that, or anything else that you would like to talk about, give me a call. 556-9696. I'm Marianne Fitzmaurice here in the Tom Fitzmaurice Food Show Chair. It is uh, one of my, I won't say, one of Tom's pet peeves. It is National Alfresco Dining Day. Not a good day for alfresco dining though, I have to say. Uh, It's hot outside and humid, like really hot. And I hope that it is cooler in the evening because I still do want to do some alfresco dining. I don't want to give it up. The reason we went to dark Mandina's today is that it was air conditioned and um and obviously we hadn't been there in a while but um i am more inclined to capitulate to tom and his indoor dining proclivities on a day like today i usually make him eat outside with me but i haven't even been doing that lately it's been so hot so if you have anything to say about alfresco dining it's national alfresco dining day to read through what Tom has in his almanac. al fresco literally means in the fresh style. It's the fancy name for outdoor dining. Tables in the courtyard or on the beach or even on a sidewalk are considered by many to be the most desirable. Everywhere on the West Coast, for example, again, my California fantasies. Up in the mountains on the beach, Tom has had memorable outdoor meals all over the place. Only when we dragged him unfortunately for us our climate doesn't provide many days when dining outdoors is comfortable in most years we go straight from and also let's not forget deer flies right now i really hate deer flies In short, intense, clammy winter to a blazing, humid summer, and back again. Just a couple of weeks of tolerably cool weather intervene on either end. We like the idea of patio dining more than the reality. I like the idea and I like the reality. Especially in the fine dining category, even with the tremendous easing of dress codes in the past decade, you're still unlikely to be clad in a bathing suit, the only cool attire in midsummer when you step out for a big evening dining in courtyards here has other drawbacks things fall out of trees should i tell the really disgusting story about what happened to mary lee and i when we went on the first week an outdoor dining experience at a mexican place in lakeview so disgusting not their fault just nature When you step out for a big evening, dining in courtyards has other drawbacks. Things fall out of trees. First come the live oak catkins, then the stinging buck moth caterpillars. The French Quarter, which has the best courtyards, also has rodents and termites. Boy, have I heard stories about that. Even the best kept cleanest, most pest controlled restaurant cannot control all its neighbors. Who but the most dedicated lover of outdoors would put up with it? Everybody, apparently, except on really hot, hostile sidewalks. Alfresco tables fill up regardless of how uncomfortable it may be. Yes, it usually with the Marys and then everyone else who is like minded. We uh, <laughs> we had um we had bird poop in our um in our chips and that was really I'm glad I was paying attention is all I can say, because that would have been most unfortunate. I was talking to Jew the other day, so birds poop in California too, but he was outside watching the kids, and he said that he had bird poop on him twice in the same afternoon, <laughs> which is kind of, I would say, don't play the lottery. Don't play the lottery for sure. Five five six nine six nine six. Al Fresco Dining, if you have any thoughts about it give us a call our favorite Fresco experience which is incredibly mundane as I've said a million times before we go to La Coretta where I wear almost a bathing suit and sit in the sun and just it's like going to the beach and that's primarily what I'm there for soaking up the sun Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you want to talk to me, I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. So I'd love to do that with you. We have a guy named Tom Brown calling us at three o'clock. Actually, Tom Brown keeps calling me personally, and I'm not sure I have another message from him, and I'm not sure if he's going to be on or not going to be on. He's 80 years old and has a funeral to go to after the interview, so I, um, I hope he's not decided that he doesn't have enough time. I have to check the, the latest voicemail. I've had three in the last two hours, so I, um, he's certainly taking it seriously. In the annals of food marketing today, in 1786, the first known advertisement for ice cream ran in New York City. The ice cream maker's name was Hall, but that's all that is known. In this, on this day in 1965, uh, Frito-Lay and PepsiCo merged to become PepsiCo or PepsiCola. After that, the company bought Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. It became the world's largest restaurant operator and the unit for restaurants has spun off to become yum brands it's interesting that uh, i was just talking about the beautiful wonderful sweet warm your heart suck your thumb sit in a hammock and dream feeling that the um the bluebell ice cream commercials create for me anyway and darn it it makes me want to go get some bluebell ice cream and i already got their last version which was that chocolate sheet cake which was good and now they're doing another one on me and i'm not i'm not falling for it this time it's a cookie something or another but it does make you want to run out and get it i have to say my neighbor's gonna love me if i succumb to that then she's going to wind up with most of the gallon just because i'm trying desperately not to become one of those contestants on my 600 pound life 556-9696 five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number we will be back after these messages
5: the crescent city steakhouse has been a favorite since the first time i discovered it on mardi gras day this old-fashioned steakhouse hasn't changed much since it opened in 1934 I love the steaks. Here is prime beef, dry-aged in-house, a great T-bone or porterhouse steak. The Vojkovic family has welcomed generations of locals to this special place, and they'd love to welcome you. Crescent City Steakhouse, 1001 North Broad, 821-3271. Right down the highway from the excellent Keith Young Steakhouse is five girls, and the food is very good casual fare. Here is a fantastic club sandwich with homemade potato chips, a great Cuban, good salads, and the best red beans and rice we have ever had. Poor boys, hamburgers, and terrific fried seafood. Five girls, 305 Highway 21 in Madisonville, 985-845-2348. Night and day, you are the one... Yes, indeed. Five, five, six,
2: nine, six, nine, six—a scorcher of a day—and we haven't even really gotten into the summer. I think it's only what ninety degrees outside, but it is uh, beautiful and sunny. As I look through the picture windows here at the Cool Water Ranch, I will probably not try to talk Tom into going out and eating someplace outside today, even though it is uh, alfresco dining day. I probably should, just in honor of that. But uh, Tom has been enjoying the oyster. oh rats, I didn't get art I didn't get garlic. I've been um, I've been marveling, actually grumbling is the word, at how much money I spend on oysters for Tom's insatiable oyster habit. So I decided the last time I went to the store because he wasn't feeling like going out much over the weekend, I went to the store and I got a little container of oysters and for the last couple of nights i have made him oysters mosca and um he has just gobbled it up because there is no end to the oyster void for tom so normally we would be dashing off to go someplace, and I would probably make him eat outside today, but he's probably just going to have some oysters uh, after I go get some garlic to make those for him. But that's what Tom has been eating pretty much every night lately. In 1954, the Supreme Court declared that restaurants... Oh, you know what? I, I, I read. I start reading these <laughs> <laughs> and halfway through I go, oh no, no, I'm not gonna do that. So I'm gonna have to say to that, no, I'm not gonna do that. 5569696 is the number. Today's Edible Dictionary brought to you by Dorgnex, one of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time. Today's Edible Dictionary word is Tetrazini. Tetrazini is an Italian name, but it's an American creation, despite its obviously Italian name, a tetrazzini is an American creation, combining a white meat, the most common, and pasta, holding it all together is a white sauce made with butter, onions, celery, and sometimes other finely chopped, savory vegetables mushrooms and sherry come in at the end of the sauce almonds are a common finishing touch there's a lot of room for interpretation in the dish no two versions are alike the dish was created in the early 1900s in honor of the italian-american opera singer luisa Tetrazzini. i'm trying to think if i've ever had that i don't think i have I don't think I have. Let's see the uh, food namesake in the almanac today is the Italian dish. Turkey Tetrazzini was named after Luisa Tetrazzini. She was born today in 1871. She was quite ample to put it gingerly, like many singers in the opera. Louisa Tetrazini turkey Tetrazini is what it is so um, I don't know that I've had that anybody had turkey Tetrazini 5569696 would like you to weigh in on that I would also like you to give me your opinion of Mendina's are you a Mendina's fan or not I think there are more Mandina's fans in New Orleans than there are not fans. I think I am an anomaly in New Orleans with my feeling about Mandina's. And for that, I would say I do not have to wait in that that line that lasts for an hour. Joan Rivers was born today in 1933, and she was talking about Elizabeth Taylor. Is she fat? Her favorite food is seconds. You know, that's another one of those things. It's kind of like, and I was talking about Dean Martin yesterday, and I was thinking about how different our, I'll use the word culture again, is how Joan Rivers saying those kinds of things, and having someone be the butt of the joke was considered hilariously funny. And now she would be, um, well, I would say banned from Twitter for sure. But it's, it's just kind of interesting how times do change. They really do. I love this words to drink by. <laughs> it's from Drew Carey. And it is, oh, you hate your job. Why didn't you say so? There's a support group for that. It's called Everybody, and they meet at the bar. i got to say that's pretty funny. Um, I would imagine that that means that Drew Carey's birthday is today, although it is not outlined here in the almanac, and his age is not put forth as to what year he was born. I will have to check that out. 556-9696 five, five six, nine six, nine, six is the number. At three o'clock we have Tom Brown calling in. and he's going to talk about his life's work, which he didn't discover until a few years ago. He is now eighty. And his life's work, as it turns out, is a most interesting one. He stumbled upon, heirloom apples or an heirloom apple or read about it and then went on a quest for it and in the course of doing that discovered so many apple varieties that are nearing extinction he became obsessed with this book about Johnny Appleseed which we're going to mention and which I might have to get myself just to see It sounds like a fascinating book. This is the kind of obscure stuff that I read. I, you know, somebody asked me about my reading choices and that's the kind of stuff that I read. I'm not a trashy novel person, but if it's kind of goofy and you know, like I'm probably the only person you know who's read about Orville and Wilbur Wright and the first airplane or Eric Weiner, who is a favorite of mine because he writes about philosophers. So, um, you know, I read weird stuff. But uh, Johnny Appleseed, there's a a book about it which Tom Brown became fascinated by and then started looking for all of these unusual and not around anymore except in some 90-year-old person's memory who can turn him on to some abandoned orchard overtaken by a forest so tom brown goes in there and he finds these trees and he gets saplings and he's now cultivated or brought back to life a bunch of these apple varieties so i'm super curious about this guy and what he does and if these apples are available i mean like maybe he mail orders them or something or Ah, uh, you can get the heirloom seeds, or who knows what. But anyway, um, I'm, uh, I'm curious, really curious about it. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. Really, would like to hear from people about mandinas because mandinas is a thing. It's a thing. It's not a thing that I am. You know into but it is a thing it's kind of interesting that in this one little three block radius there are three mid-city neighborhood joints of various degrees actually four i would say four because if you count venezia it's not a new orleans style restaurant but it is in that same era it is that same vibe. I mean, I would say that Lauses, Mandina's, and Venezia are kind of in the same vibe. They're all, well, I call it Dollin. And then Katie's is a neighborhood New Orleans restaurant serving New Orleans food, but in a more gourmet fashion and and definitely a more upscale version now i'd be kind of curious to investigate this because i am i am outspoken in saying that i'm not a mandina's fan and don the gourmet neighbor was just saying that the wait for uh mandina's is an hour i've been told that the wait for katie's is two hours and i haven't heard anything about a wait about liuza's so I don't know, maybe there are more people that prefer the Katie's version of a New Orleans neighborhood restaurant to the others. So maybe I'm not as weird as I think. Anyway, I am intrigued by the idea of who loves Mandina's and and what you actually think of it. I have not gotten the meatballs and spaghetti in a long time, although I do remember having it and liking it. And I think it's just, it's right out of that 50s, era with you know you can get a gigantic menu full of things that are all new orleans food or new orleans sicilian inspired food it's fried or it's a red sauce and uh and that's not to gainsay it's goodness it is good but it's just you know it's just not it's not for me but we did have a nice meal there today and um i just I'm sorry, I am grateful when I get a pile of fried something that needs the oil changed enough that it's it looks like, you know, if your white potato, if your white fried potatoes look like sweet potato fries, change the oil, please. Or if something else is fried and it's got that dark, dark brown, orange look, it's, you know, no one is being fooled by that. You have to really, really be into wanting to eat fried foods to dive into something like that. For me, it was like, I don't think so. You know, I did eat the, the spin dip, which I didn't comment on its goodness. It was just perfectly ordinary. It, you know, it's like you don't, I'm trying to think of any spin dip I've ever turned down, maybe one at Old Rail or something like that. Maybe one at, Felix's but for the most part I am never going to not eat a spinach and artichoke dip but there is a wild variance between spinach and artichoke dips this was on the lower end of them but I can't say that I didn't think that the bread pudding was good it was a perfect slab of New Orleans bread pudding it was covered with a sweet Caramel sauce, it had a scoop of vanilla ice cream that was drizzled with said caramel sauce. It had the perfect cinnamon component to it. It had a good cakey texture. It did not have raisins that I would not have wanted to eat. It was good, and I'm not a bread pudding person, but I thought this was a good bread pudding. I can see why Tom jumps into things like that. But we took all of that home because it was an enormous pile of food, and who needs to eat that? All right, we have Tom Brown, the guy was talking about coming up after 3 o'clock, WGSO New Orleans. It's 3 o'clock, news time.
9: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. Vice President Kamala Harris is continuing her first foreign trip today with the focus shifting now to Mexico. She's meeting with the country's president a day after similar talks in Guatemala. As far as when she'll go to the U.S. Mexico border, Lester Holt on NBC's Today Show pressed the issue. Do you have any plans to visit the border?
10: I, at some
1: point, you know, I. I we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I mean I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not discounting the importance of the border.
9: Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is planning to ease border restrictions for fully vaccinated people against coronavirus. The border has been closed to non-essential travel since last year. USA Radio News. Attorneys generals are urging lawmakers to pass legislation that would prevent billionaires from misusing bankruptcy to avoid accountability. This comes as Purdue Pharma is poised to win immunity in bankruptcy court, which would shield the Sackler family from any opioid litigation tied to the crisis. Idaho Attorney General Lawrence Wadsden saying the Sacklers are using corporate bankruptcy as a tactic to hide behind. The White House COVID response team is pushing states hard to hit President Biden's big 4th of July goal. Biden wants to see 70% of all U.S. adults with at least one vaccination shot by the summer holiday. Senior White House COVID-19 advisor Andy Slavitt telling reporters 13 states have reached the threshold. The national adult rate stands at more than 63%, but the pace of vaccinations has slowed down. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky saying there's much more work to do, especially among younger people. And you're listening to USA Radio News.
2: Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, and I want to tell you that arthritis is not a genetic thing, it's not a disease of aging, neither is osteoporosis. Get a hold of my book. It's all in your head. goes into the 25 different diseases you get when you have osteoporosis of the skull. These are all reversible. You take the Healthy Bone and Joint Pack, the MSM, vitamin D3, stay away from all the bad foods, including gluten, and guess what? You'll regrow all your bones, including your skull and your legs and your hips and everything else. Contact us at usaradiohealth.com.
4: That's usaradiohealth.com.
9: Senator Joe Manchin said on Tuesday he had a very constructive meeting with the group of civil rights leaders, but that he remains unmoved on his opposition to a sweeping bill to overhaul federal elections. Manchin describing the meeting as a listening session where everyone described their position,
0: telling reporters it was a... It's dry tonight, mostly. Coming back tomorrow, a few scattered thunderstorms. But our trend towards less rain chance and more heat will continue to strengthen as we move it through Tuesday and Wednesday. By Thursday and Friday, mostly sunny, dry, and hot each afternoon. More scattered storms though coming in tomorrow at the high temperatures of the upper 80s, mostly. Tomorrow night, 70s. Wednesday, 50-60% with the higher to the upper 80s. It's a slight chance. Thursday and Friday, sunny, mostly dry, and hot, 90
1: Need to replace your Social Security card? In most states, you can request one online with a My Social Security account. A My Social Security account gives you secure access to your personal earnings history and benefit status. You can also get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow.
0: Ralph Sanji WGF so
2: Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. You're on a beautiful Tuesday afternoon. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris in the chair, and I have on the line Tom Brown, who is calling us from North Carolina, and I'm super excited to talk to him. Hi, Tom.
6: Hi. Uh, good to talk to you and your audience,
2: uh, Tom. What did you do for a living were you in Thomas retired now so what did you do for a living was there any agricultural aspect to your career
6: no no i was a chemical engineer that was i i grew up on a small farm and we had about uh eight apple trees but um uh, mm-hmm. you know i it was just uh, okay
2: it was just a thing that you were around. So how did you get into what you're doing now, and how long have you been doing it?
6: Well, over 20 years. Uh, w- what happened is my my wife and I love farmer's markets. In other words, we were ah, okay. like when we went to Alaska, we made sure we were there to, to catch the Fairbanks uh Uh, farmer's market market. in las cruces one in new mexico and we i was at a farmer's market in our nearest large town which is winston-salem and there was a man who sold apple trees but he came there in the late summer and early fall and sold his apples and they were heritage apples and i was just fascinated by all the varieties and colors and taste and textures and he said that he had found a few of those himself, and uh, I asked if there were any lost apples in, uh, you know, in my area of Forsyth County, and uh, he, he, did, he did mention uh, uh, the Harper seedling. That was one that used to be in my area, and uh, I started looking. Is that like Harper's looking. Valley? What?
2: Is that Harper's Valley? I know that's kind of in the area. That's West Virginia, but.
6: Not, no, Harper Harper seedling. It
2: Okay, okay.
6: So you. Know, you may, may, he, maybe a, a, a Harper family member originally had the tree and it grew from seed.
2: I see. So you um, were talking also about him mentioning to you about a book having to do with Johnny Appleseed, how much do you know about the johnny appleseed story because it's it's an interesting one
6: Well, it's widely told you know in uh
2: a tall in tale
6: reality <laughs> and tall tales so uh, uh-huh. but
2: but but he did a lot of of different kinds of seeds, and I think that that is really. I mean, it may be a tall tale, but he really did start the whole apple varietal back in the day, didn't he?
6: Well, a lot of times they grew apple trees just from seeds. They were a whole lot easier to transport if you were going to go to a new homestead than apple saplings. Mm -hmm. But apples are cross-pollinated, so... They don't grow true from seeds, so when you plant a seed, you'll probably get uh, something that's somewhat different.
2: Right, yes. I mean,
6: that's that's how so many apple varieties originated.
2: Yes, right. And that was the the thing that I was kind of fascinated by, because Tom actually talked—my husband, Tom, who started this show 33 years ago— was telling me some things about Johnny Appleseed and how, you know, it, you don't get the same thing that you plant necessarily. So your research, so this was how many years ago when you, you embarked upon this journey to find this particular apple and, and where it led you, but how long ago was this fateful farmer's market conversation?
6: I would say 21 or 22 years. Oh, my goodness.
2: Have you been doing this that long? Really?
6: Yes. Yes.
2: Oh, golly. Okay. All right. So then you have, after you talked to this guy, you were motivated to start looking for these lost apples, or was it just the one apple that you were looking for?
6: It was just that one. Uh, what happened was I, I wasn't having any success in finding it, so I approached the local newspaper and they had a supplement that covered our part of the county, and they did an article about my looking for the apple. And I re- received about maybe 12 contacts due to oh, wow. the newspaper article, but I didn't find the apple. And eventually I found maybe five or six sites where the trees used to grow. And, so you know, what's and, the name and, of
2: the apple? It was a Native American thing, right?
6: Harper seedling.
2: Oh, okay.
6: It, I thought it was yeah. I thought it began with a J. Okay, so did A-T-R-B-E-R you ever... ER seedling and, and th- then I approached the uh a small newspaper in Yadkin County, that's the county west of us, and uh a, a nursery there had sold the apple around the uh the late like eighteen and ninety and mm-hmm. I only got two contacts so by by then, I had sort of figured out how to approach newspapers and, you know, interest them in doing an article. So I mm-hmm. thought I'd try one more time, and I approached my hometown newspaper of the States for record and landmark. And anyway, so they did an article about my looking for old apples, not specifically the Harper Seedling. Mm-hmm. And I had a. Back then, they wasn't so much there wasn't social media and right, twenty four yeah. hour news <laughs> and people right, yeah. were better about contacting you as a result of newspaper articles uh-huh. and yeah. I, I found about five rare apple varieties uh in that county as a result of that article and and then everybody said well you should go to Wilkes County. They they said that because they were still growing some apples up there commercially. Mm-hmm. But what they didn't realize was that Wilkes County was the mother motherlode of old apples. Mm. And so once I got there, I was hooked. I, mean, was, <laughs> so, I eventually found like 300 varieties oh associated with that one county.
2: Oh now, when you say you find them in the county do you do you, how do you find them? Do you go door to door at these old homesteads or what how who are the people that come forward with a trail for you to follow and and what is the trail usually
6: well one method that i I used is uh, I go to maybe 14 festivals a year where I'll have an old apple display, you know, maybe uh-huh. maybe 70 old actual apples that people can look at, and they'll come by and talk to me and tell me people I ought to go see. And uh, Oh,
2: wow. And,
6: and it, it also helps if you can find a local person that can take you around to di- see different people mm-hmm. uh, because – in some areas, you know, if you're a total stranger, people are not going to say or immediately yeah. get off my land or my doorstep. But uh, yeah. if they don't know you, they might not be as helpful as if uh, a well-known individual yeah. in the community takes me to their house. Someone introduces
2: you. Yeah. If you have an introduction. Okay. So you go and you, when you find these apples, is it always the fruit or is it the tree? And then do you have, you have your own orchard, don't you? Yes, I do. Okay. And the orchard consists of all these different varietals that you have found all over?
6: Well, a lot of them, you know, there's some I don't have grafted here.
2: Okay. How big is your orchard?
6: Well, at, at the most, it, w- it would have like over 700 varieties.
2: Oh, my! I'm talking about like acreage. How, how big is, how big acreage is it?
6: Well, well it's, it's only just a few acres, but they're planted densely. <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. And you have 700 different kinds? Can people go visit it?
6: Uh yeah yeah sometimes but it's a one person operation and it usually I don't have a lot of open houses. Mhm.
2: Do you do you? I I mean I would guess that you pick these apples. Do you have people who pick the apples? Do,
6: uh, they,
2: do they produce apples?
6: Oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah but. But some of the trees are not that old, and usually I just sell uh, apple trees, not apples.
2: Ah, okay. Because I was thinking, boy, you could do like your own Harry and David thing where, you know, you box up and sell 20 different varieties of heirloom apples. That'd be so cool to get something like
6: that. Well, it it would, but I'm mainly interested in trying to keep the old varieties going and get apple trees to people.
2: Yeah, yeah. So you okay? So you know we're going to take a break, Tom. We're going to be back with Tom Brown, who oh, is calling yeah. us from North Carolina. He is. why would you describe you? Would you call yourself an apple preservationist? What would you call yourself?
6: Yeah. Yes, that would be a good description. Well,
3: good yes.
2: description. An apple an preservationist. Apple. He is searching out and finding heirloom apples all over. Well, mainly the Mid Atlantic Appalachia area, right?
9: Yeah, is that yeah, right? Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay, and I would imagine this is true in all kinds of places that people could do this with whatever. But anyway, Tom Brown is doing it with apples, in Appalachia, and we will be back to talk some more after these messages.
5: My favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manelli. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday, with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hansa's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. Mandeville Seafood has been a local favorite, serving their house-made roast beef poor boys, seafood poor boys, and even a French fry poor boy in a fast, casual environment. Here is an extensive menu of salads and sandwiches and fried seafood, baskets and platters, as well as sides like stuffed artichokes, meat pies, And jalapeno cheese bites and we love the very attentive service here at mandeville seafood restaurant and market celebrating 25 years when you're awake the things you think come from the dreams you dream thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem
2: yes indeed that's a little thing that my husband sings to introduce us in and out of commercials there tom that's why we have a little blurb of, of song very good. <laughs> he's got a very nice voice yes and we keep him through the show that way I want to mention that mandeville seafood sponsors fish school which is coming up after the bottom of the hour all right so we're back with tom brown who is i'm calling him an apple preservationist so you have been at this now for 20 some odd years, and did you have a goal when you started this, or did you just sort of amble through it, you know, one little step after another?
6: No, it, well, it, it was just fun to see how many old varieties I could find, but I, also, I well, I, I don't take uh, cuttings from other collectors, so I find the trees myself. And and you would also learn the local history and farm lore. And you, you I get more than just apples, you know, which yeah, is, sure. is fascinated, fascinating. And, and there's, they, there's so many places where I can go back on mountaintops and places that people have introduced me to and i'm you know welcome and and most people like apples so they're you know you know very receptive to what i'm doing
2: so you you do you sell the trees to people or you give them to tree give them the trees and then i guess they plant them themselves i mean so you're kind of like a modern day johnny apple seed huh
6: Yes, well, he did sell apple trees. He he would go to the frontier area, which might have been Illinois in his day, and and he he would start these nurseries and then sell apple trees because I think like years ago when you were homesteading, you had to have so many. You had to do certain improvements to the land, and I think one requirement was you had to have an orchard of a certain size. So planting Mm, fruit trees was important. Mm
2: -hmm. So um, this kind of goes back to uh, the colonists, right? This goes back to the original people who started the United States. They were into um, cider more than... They they did better with apples than they did with other agricultural p- products. Is that correct?
6: Well, I don't know about that, but they that, they certainly had a lot of hard hard cider. I mean, you know, maybe mm-hmm. um,
2: yeah. So it, well, that was popular the wildest... in England,
6: and a lot of you know the colonists right. were English.
2: Yeah. So uh, what is the wildest story that you have about finding a particular apple? Where is the most difficult place that you have found an apple or an apple tree?
6: Well, I don't know if this exactly answers the question, but to me it was a fascinating story. Uh, In Macon County, that's one of the, if, if I go west to Asheville and diagonally down to Macon County and go just a little bit farther, it's uh, borders on, uh, Northeastern Georgia. Mm-hmm. And anyway, there, there were, uh, several people, uh, there that told me about a, uh, a, a wonderful apple. And anyway, uh, Let's see if I can remember the cotton pick a name well of the it, apple any,
2: or the area
6: well it was uh oh uh, uh, okay it was uh, an, an apple from that area and and it had uh, uh a red red streaks inside and anyway in in two different uh gentleman told me about the apple and um and anyway but and then about five years later on a mountaintop i found the apple that uh, fit the description of that one they told me about but these people had they, they had uh passed away and and then uh my wife and I like farmer's markets, as I said. And In our local mm-hmm. newspaper, we read about a, a farmer's market uh, uh, up in uh, Roanoke, Virginia, which was maybe a little over a two-hour drive from our house. So we went up there one Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a nice little farmer's market, you know, a nice little outing. And I said, well, well why don't we go uh, go home? through the country and see if we can find an apple tree and maybe 25 miles south of Roanoke there was somebody that had uh uh two big apple trees in their yard and uh I stopped and and asked about it and anyway uh and, was th- and that they apple? said that well and they, they said the two trees were wine saps and i asked mm-hmm. if any if if they remembered any other old apple varieties, and they mentioned the one from uh, Macon County, mm-hmm. so I went back there and got um, some apples and mailed to him. You know, later in the year, and he said yes, that was the the lost apple variety. So, hmm. and I've d- done that on several occasions. In other words, I have like extensive. Uh, notebooks where i'll write down these names and descriptions and then often when i find an apple that fits that description i'll you know perhaps one person has a tree and they don't know the name and then another person you know that maybe lives 20 miles from them will remember an old apple but their tree is gone mm-hmm. and i'll put the two together and i uh, and get, get the apple identification, and um, uh, and but this is getting harder to do. My when I was doing the bulk of my apple searching, th- there were still elderly people alive that could identify the apples, and a lot of trees still existing. Mm-hmm. But in those twenty years, a lot of these people that could identify the apples have passed away. Mm-hmm. and a lot of these old trees have now been lost. Like so, permanently?
2: I mean, what about the people that that were in their family? I mean, the when you say the trees are lost, like how, how do you lose a tree? I mean, that sounds like a stupid question, but...
6: Well, apple trees are not long-lived like oak trees. They oh, get okay. hollow inside and, you know, you...
2: You can just lose it.
6: Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, Say. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I don't Let know. me ask you lot- this.
2: How do these apples taste? Are they, are they unusually delicious? I mean, we get apples. I, I must say I'm not a huge apple fan, but it could be that I've never had an heirloom apple off a tree. So it's kind of like people talk about corn that's just been picked. It, it's a totally different experience. Than something that you could get in the store. Are these spectacularly delicious apples?
6: Yeah, yes, many of them are, but most of them are more sour cooking mm. type apples. See, uh-huh. years ago they used them for for cider and livestock feed and for drying and and you know they they used them for more things than just fresh eating.
2: Right. Right. Uh huh. So they're not necessarily great to just take a bite out of.
6: Well, they can be in other uh-huh. or I like them all. So, yeah. You know, they they don't have to taste just like the Honeycrisp.
9: Uh-huh.
2: Do you um do you you know pick them yourself? Do you do you have someone who comes and helps you to pick these and what do you do with them after you've picked them?
6: Well, uh, uh
2: Do you have your own like stand or something out front of the no, place? No, no,
6: like I said, I I don't sell apples. I mean, I just I give I give a bunch uh-huh. away.
2: Yeah. And 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 that's it. And the rest of them just sort of fall off the
6: tree? Yeah, 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 some do and the oh, dear gentlemen. Cool.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and and so when you give these these saplings to people, I mean, how does it, like? I would assume that you would give a sapling to. This is not a money making operation for you. This is a preservationist thing, right?
6: Well, no, I, I sell apple trees because you you have to, you know, ship them, and there's cost to doing this. Yes, of course.
2: Uh-huh. I mean, uh
6: huh.
2: do you have do you if, have a website or something counted, if somebody if wanted
6: to buy some, some of these trees? If you fairly all the time and miles that I have driven, yeah, uh, right. It's it's like I I have two Subarus. One of them's the doggy car now, and they both have over three hundred and sixty thousand miles on them. Oh, wow. So I put a lot of miles on.
2: Uh huh. Do you uh, do you have children who are interested in keeping this going, or is this just your thing?
6: Well, it's it's just my thing. I have one son, but he he lives five hours away, and. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping, you know, that it'll be a good enough business that somebody at some point will want to take it over and continue it as a business. Mm-hmm. But but I've also uh, donated to trees to preservation orchards, and uh, and when I was very rapidly finding them, I would also gave free cuttings to uh, other people that were growing heritage out or had heritage apple tree businesses and Mm -hmm. and there are other
2: heritage apple tree businesses
6: i'm sorry what was that question
2: there are other heritage apple tree businesses is that a common Uh, oh yes yes but okay
6: what i guess my distinction is that they, they haven't spent all those hours of looking for them like i have and yeah, I, and the I reason just, not, it's not a money-making thing. <laughs> right, right. So,
2: Pure passion. Passion
6: yeah, yeah, is the yeah, way if to it, go. It, if it, you, if it, you have that passion,
2: you should definitely something fun Can you say, do. can I keep you another five minutes or so? Because I want to give you an opportunity to say how someone could get a hold of you or, you know. Maybe okay, sure. I, I can
6: spend more time than that, sure. I'd okay, be glad
2: to- all right. We have Tom Brown on the line. He is calling from North Carolina, where, as you can see, it's sort of a home base for an apple preservationist business, where he's got heirloom apples that he is collecting and uh, selling the trees for. Uh, we'll be back. It is 3.30, time for the Louisiana Night Radio Network News.
0: Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. There are many tired LSU fans today after watching the Tigers baseball team beat Oregon twice, once on Sunday and then again last night to advance to the Super Regionals. Pitcher Landon Marcel started Friday's loss to Gonzaga, but came back last night to get the win in relief. They wanted me on the mound, and after we had won, they had told me that nobody else we wanted on the mound, you know, and that, that means a lot to me. The Tigers will head to Tennessee for a Super Regional Series. Game one versus the Vols is Saturday night. A bill to ban drivers from holding their cell phones while driving failed by one vote on the Senate floor. Covington Senator Patrick McMath tried to make the case that it would cut down on distracted driving, but Franklin Senator Brett Elaine did not buy the argument.
9: Our very own Senator Mills uh, just recently experienced an accident in which the driver was distracted and merged into his lane and thankfully he's okay but this is um,
0: this is consistent. No matter what it is they're going to be careless people out there. LRN
1: If you are experiencing abuse, There are hundreds of advocates like me, ready to help you make the best decision for you and your family. No matter your age, race, financial status, or gender, domestic abuse does not discriminate, and neither do we. Let us help you take the first step toward a better future. Call 888-411-1333. It's free, confidential, and available 24 hours. That's 888-411-1333.
8: This is for those who always show they care, who told their kids everyone 12 and older is eligible for a COVID vaccine. Those who explain to their cousins that vaccines prevent nearly 100% of hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19. This is for the ones protecting those they love.
6: Thank you.
3: We can do this. Find vaccines near you at
6: vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.
8: The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs and now they've come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live, music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.funkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge, June 4th, it's David Batiste and the Gladiators. And on June 11th, Mia Borders. For more information on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live.
5: You make me feel so young.
2: Indeed. Thank you, Tom. And we go to the other Tom, Tom Brown, who is with us talking about apples today. All right. So have you ever thought about doing a book? I mean, are you working on a book? This would be a good book, Uh, I think.
6: Yes, I am slowly. I actually have a dedicated computer sitting right beside me. (laughs) That's intended for my book, but... Uh, I hopefully, mean, someone, it will happen.
2: Someone could, you know, one of these people that you, one of your newspaper people close by, you might be able to get someone to do that. Because I think this ought to be a book because it's, it's, it's historical and it's fascinating, and I think that it would be a pity for it to all just, you know go by the wayside so if a person wanted to order some apple trees or just get a hold of you uh, what should they do
6: well the best thing would be to go to my website which is apple search org a p p l e s e a r c h dot o r g and well you know it'll have my contact information and while they're there, they might want to read some of the newsletters. I write a newsletter every year, and you know I'll tell about the apples I found, but the newsletter will also have uh uh stories you know uh mm-hmm. one y- well, year so good was you about, can,
2: you've sort of halfway at your, your book's sort of halfway written already
6: well. You know, like one year it was about ghost stories that I've encountered and uh, uh, animal stories and about my dog. And, you know, mm-hmm. and and like <clears throat> right now I'm collecting uh, moonshine stories and uh, the Spanish 1917 Spanish flu stories for mm-hmm. inclusion. And you, you get know.
2: these stories in which are sort of interwoven in your searches in talking to people finding the apples.
6: Yeah, yeah Yes, or, or somebody will tell me a good story or two and I'll say, uh-huh. you know, that would be great to include in a newsletter. Uh-huh. And then I'll try to collect more like that. I mean, somebody uh-huh. told me a, a good de- Great Depression era story, and i thought that was fascinating and i spent the rest of that year collecting more stories and then i had a, enough to do a nice newsletter
2: oh wow tell me your tell me your scariest ghost story ah uh. would this be like a story that you when you were looking for an apple in like a deserted forest or something or what
6: No, it's not a, it's not a, I can tell you, I can tell you a a real story (laughs) that something that happened to me was, anyway, our old home place, my my brother ended up, uh, you know, after my parents passed away, he ended up purchasing my part of the house, and he and his wife lived there. And and then what happened was he he was in the army reserve and had to go to Vietnam, and my his wife and my cousin were out there uh, playing with the Ouija board on the oh. one day, <laughs> uh-huh. and they got a message from somebody called Harvey, and anyway <laughs> uh
2: you know what they Harvey, say about Ouija boards?
6: Yes. Har- Harvey yeah. objected to uh, uh, my cousin, whose name was Dinah, the person that, that she was dating, and said <laughs> if she didn't stop dating him, <laughs> he would cause him to have an accident.
2: Oh, my goodness. And
6: and she stopped dating him, and then uh, <laughs> la- later on... Yeah, a
2: we got a little off the Apple subject here. Never mind there, Tom, never yeah, mind. Yeah, I'll see anyway. Uh, but, and you anyway. And you have to go anyway. All right, so, uh, so they can contact you by applesearch.org. Last question before you leave. Is there one elusive apple that you've heard tales about that you have not been able to find that has frustrated you?
6: Uh, yes, I've spent a, a lot of trips up to West Virginia trying to find the upside-down apple or upsy-down apple. What is that? Uh, I don't ha- even have a... It had some red. I don't even have a good description, but people it, have told just me about... It's a
2: tale. It's like Sasquatch five locations
6: something. where trees used to be.
2: <laughs> okay. Alright, I'm going to look up applesearch.org because I'm, a, I'm a really intrigued by this uh, whole tale of of lost apple trees and um, seven, the fact that you have 700 different varieties of heirloom apples, just the whole scope of it is intriguing to me. So I'm definitely uh, going to to check out the website. It's called applesearch.org. All right, Tom, I appreciate you being with us. Thank you very much. Well, well let you in that go.
6: ghost story that I started to tell, <laughs> it's in more detail in one of the oh, newsletters.
2: Good. Oh, good. Okay okay good there's
6: a lot more to it
2: okay all right yeah we didn't didn't really have time for it all right thank you tom appreciate it there he goes tom brown in appalachia in north carolina and he is uh he is looking for all of those um heirloom seeds that are on the verge of extinction and apple trees. I would say we should order some apples from him, but you know, we don't grow apples here. It's not the right climate. But somebody who is listening in some other place, because we have a lot of people who listen from outside of New Orleans online, could maybe get some apple trees and try growing them. I'd be curious to see if I could grow an apple tree if an apple tree was growable. I mean, it probably wouldn't be for me. Because I don't grow things very well, but um, but it's exciting to think that someone has taken it as sort of a life's work in in their later years to try to preserve things. I I love things being preserved. That you know, otherwise we lose we lose our history, and that's really important. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. If you- Want to talk to me? I'm here to do that with you, Marianne Fitzmaurice, sitting in the Tom Fitzmaurice chair here on the Tom Fitzmaurice Food Show. Today is Al Fresco Dining Day. I am a huge Al Fresco Dining fan, and Tom is not. He has been doing a lot more of that Al Fresco Dining since I've been driving him around. And um, we are getting to the point now where I'm going to concede that it is better to eat inside as i did today in the dark cavernous space that was mandina's because it's hot outside it's just really hot outside hopefully it will remain a little bit cool in the evening yesterday i was sitting outside reading and i had deer flies coming after me so i came in so i guess maybe we're just not doing al fresco now i think we're maybe past the al fresco the pleasant al fresco time but it is national al fresco day as i mentioned earlier tom and i had lunch at mandina's the north shore version of mandina's which is a different vibe from the south shore version but the same recipes and same um, food and same um, quantity of fried items and uh, we and I liked it. I mean, I thought it was fine for what it is, you know, uh, a big pile of fried stuff. I don't get Mandina's. I opened the show by saying, explain Mandina's to me. And Don, the gourmet neighbor, who's a huge fan of Mandina's, called to explain it. But now that he explained that it is because it reminds him of a favored place that he had lunch every day as a youngster, that makes a whole lot of difference. But I'm sure there are lots of other people who maybe have similar tales about going to uh, Mandina's growing up in New Orleans. Um, I know that when we were at the Bonton, which used to be called by me an old fartery, because that's what Tom has a penchant for. I call them old farteries, which are old institutions in New Orleans. And the Bantan on their closing night, which coincidentally was the first day the lockdown, or I should say that the day the lockdown was announced, it went into effect the next day. But um, they closed. And that night was table upon table of large families who were coming to say goodbye to a beloved memory of you know families having grown up eating at the Bonton. same thing is true of mandina's and a lot of other places in new orleans we are a place of tradition after all i still don't get the mandina's phenom and that's what i asked when i started the show explain it to me so we've only had one call on that if you are a big mandina's fan and would like to take me to task for saying i'm not a fan that's perfectly all right that's what we do here Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six. What else do we, oh yeah, Don, the gourmet neighbor, did his Don uncorked, and his Don uncorked today was about uh, people who stay at tables far longer than they should, and uh, it's called Don's Pet Peeve. It's also a pet peeve of mine. If it's a pet peeve of yours, call me. We can rant about it together. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me I'm here. We'll be back right after these messages.
5: Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental, Metairie, 888-8588. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. I get misty,
7: just holding your hand. Lobsters. Considering there are no lobsters living in the waters near New Orleans, we don't have the luxury of getting them fresh from the water as they do in the Northeast. Even with the overnight shipping we have these days, the quality diminishes every minute that they're out of the water. The best lobsters are found in the places that sell so many lobsters that they never have to eat or go hungry. The lobsters we all know and desire are what we would call Maine lobsters, or just refer to as cold water lobsters. Lobster meat is subtle in flavor and should be treated as such. It is recommended to avoid our deep south boil flavors, but in recent times, folks have started using our local flavors anyway. The downside is that the strong flavors overpower the lobster itself. Maybe the best dish isn't even a steamed or boiled lobster, but lobster bisque. The lobster's allowed the time to simmer and really bring all the flavors out. When lobster hit the tables, you're in for a special meal. Don't do yourself a disservice and order one broken down already. They're relatively easy to clean and provide much benefit by staying in their shell while cooking.
2: mandeville seafood can get you anything that you might like to try if you hear something uh on fish school we are going to be doing fish school to introduce you and me to different varieties of fish or anything really in the seafood world that you might like to try you can get that from mandeville seafood but you do have to call them with a couple of days notice and i hope that you will do some experimenting. I, I think that we have such a great bounty of seafood here that it's a pity that we stay within the same well-worn paths, uh, both in restaurants and also in seafood markets. We really should kind of expand our horizons a little bit. Last year in COVID, I mean, I know we're kind of still at the tail end of that, but in the lockdown intense new COVID phase when people were scrambling to figure out this new way of life, and restaurants in particular were staying alive and in business by um doing takeout. We got we in the Fitzboras house got kind of hooked on um the GW Finns. Oh, by the way, um, it was Bob, was it Bob yesterday? Bob, if you went to GW Finns, call us and tell us uh, what your experience was like. You have about 10 more minutes to do that. But we went to GW Finns, who kind of had the most fun thing going on. They were, I won't say enjoying lockdown, but let's say they were making some pretty tasty lemonade out of the lemon of COVID. And they were selling their delicious little biscuits in a bi- biscuit mix, which they still do. All these things that came are not going to go away, thankfully. I mean, you can still get that stuff. And you. they also sell there. It's kind of like everybody who had the means to do this not only did their restaurant take out dinners and and things from the menu but they also became sort of a market on the side so you could get these compound butters that gw fins used on their fish and you could make their fish at home using their compound butter i mean the experience of course is not the same but you could have those same flavors that they use in the restaurant which was really good So that's cheating i know that's cheating but i know that we did some pretty great fish using their compound butter so um there are other ways if you're not if you want to experiment but are not that adventuresome um there are ways to cheat and have some delicious fish and so i totally recommend doing some experiments we're going to be getting some much more um exotic species of fish and things uh as we go along with fish school but um what we're doing is one of the ideas that i have for the show going forward is to make available to people who may not be aware of it the tremendously uh prolific writing career that Tom had, where there's just reams and reams of things that he's written on just about everything having to do with food. So there's this series of seafood pieces that he wrote, and so that's what we're using for Fish School. And there'll be a lot of that throughout the show as we continue to develop it. but. but Mandeville Seafood is uh, working with us on keeping that sort of thing available, and it's called Fish School, so you'll be hearing that uh, regularly. 556-9696 five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. If you wanna to talk to me, here I am. We were talking yesterday a little bit about uh, margarine, which I really, really hate and should think should actually be banned from restaurants, and am so intrigued that there are not only an occasional restaurant, but a lot of them that still use margarine. I mentioned one today with the, the telltale sign of margarine to me is a sort of translucent yellow grease thing going. And I talked about the garlic bread, which I thought was exceptionally good and I was glad that I couldn't really get past the fact that it looked like margarine and in fact was margarine and it was something that kept me from eating more of it than I would have been inclined to do because I just I just don't think it's a good idea to eat that much margarine. But, um, <clears throat> The garlic bread today was uh it was really garlicky which is not only not a problem but it is desirable as a trait in food as far as i'm concerned but it also had just like this real depth of flavor which i thought was kind of interesting i i thought there was a lot more to it than usual i I'm looking forward to some more really spectacular garlic bread. This weekend, we're gonna go check out Commander's Palace, which is something we haven't done in a very long time and not since the new chef is there. If you've been to Commander's Palace lately and have some tips for us, I would like to hear them. We have not had the cooking of Meg Bickford, who succeeded Tori McPhail. In the, in the kitchen at Commander's and um, I will be very interested in seeing how that has carried on because she was sort of a right-hand person to him and uh, usually right-hand people continue in the same vein. Although usually at that level, you have a chef who has a particular style and a way that they interpret everything they do And then another chef will come in and it's almost like an artist. So it's not gonna be the same. And yet there are people who are expecting things to remain the same. So it's kind of a really tricky dance that I think a restaurant has to do. And most of them execute it beautifully, but, it, it is interesting. I think maybe one of the, the most difficult chefs to follow uh, would be Slade Rushing, who had a truly unique approach to everything. And um, I think that Brennan's has kept a lot of his ideas, but y- you can't really keep that going unless you're him i think but anyway i i think that would be kind of an interesting topic not for today because we only got five minutes but um transitions in restaurants from chefs with really strong statements i don't know that i would say that Tory mcphail had a particularly strong statement like somebody like slade rushing but um I'm curious, I'm curious to see how that plays out when we uh, when we go to Commander's this weekend. We also have Crescent City Steakhouse coming up and then uh, a lot of eating. So we'll have some uh, lots of reports to do um, coming up in the next week or so, assuming we can get Tom out to all of those places because that's never actually a given from day to day. So um, we shall see. We are celebrating on WGSO 75 years of being the community voice of the Crescent City, of being the only news talk station that is locally owned and operated, and most recently of being a 501C3 corporation as stated by the IRS. And so because of that, it is a 75 year anniversary and it is marked by a 75 for 75 campaign, which is a uh, fundraising event. And we would love for you to go to our website, which is new and lovely, wgso.com. You will see a, well, you'll see all the shows and you know who's doing what at what time, but you will also see this yellow button that's kind of easy to spot and it says donate. And if you click that button, and make a donation it will be tax deductible because it is a 501c3 charity now this is going to be going on all year all through 2021 it's the 75 for 75 campaign we hope by raising $75,000 there will be a lot of improvements across the board at the station and we absolutely hope that you will do that and uh, kind of help us to improve the product that we then offer to you lbgs.o.com. please go visit and make a donation on the food show in the tom fitzmorris world we have our own platform it's called nomenu.com that's n-o-m-e-n-u.com that is where you will find the food show if you have missed a portion of the show and would like to go back and find it you go to nomenu.com click on the food show the podcasts are up there We also have 400 some odd recipes that Tom has collected and invented and put together himself. I think they're pretty much all like that. They've all been gathered through his extensive work in the kitchens, doing television and radio interviews with chefs and just by osmosis, you know. There's 400 of them there in the recipe section. There's also a tremendous archive of old restaurants extinct restaurants old menus oh gosh all kinds of things over 50 years a body of work accessible to you on nomenu.com so please go visit it we'd love for you to sign up for our newsletter which comes out twice a week it has things like the almanac which we use as a blueprint for the show it's got uh, all of the things that i just mentioned plus a dining diary and specials in restaurants around town like the ralph special lunch and all the different things that are happening each week in town in the restaurant world that's nomenu.com n-o-m-e-n-u.com Please also follow us on our Instagram page. It's called at the New Orleans menu. We would love for you to join us there. We would love for you to tell someone about the show. It is not going to change your life in any great way, but it'll make you happier for two hours a day. You don't have to listen to all the other stuff that's out there because it's kind of dark. We just like to talk about... The way peaches smell and wonderful things like heirloom apples. That's it for us. Tim McGalley is up next with the Dying Wanted Spirits show. It's four o'clock. WGSO New Orleans. Good night.
0: USA Radio News with
9: Tim Berg. The CEO of Colonial Pipeline is telling lawmakers he's deeply sorry for the impact the ransomware attack had on.